Welcome to CII Radio. In this episode, we are talking to Nick Turner and Phil Williams. In this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Nick Turner, President of the Chartered Insurance Institute, and Phil Williams, Non-Executive Director of the Society of Underwriting Professionals. And here we're talking about what insurers can do to increase trust in the profession. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Here's our conversation with Nick and Phil. Hello to you both and welcome to CII Radio. Hello. Hi. Excellent. Very, very pleased to have you uh, with us today. So, Nick, um, perhaps starting with you, you're um, kind of halfway through your time as president of the CII. Could you kind of give us an idea um, of, of how that's going and, and perhaps kind of build on your theme, which I, I know has been around trust as well? Yeah, so I've been uh, all over the country and still am for the next few months joining in the uh, CI dinners that the local institutes have up and down the country and uh, have been talking consistently about trust uh, and uh, the ingredients of trust. If you've been reading my letters in the CII journal, uh, you'll know that I've got a developing theme around the constituent parts of trust. And my speech at the dinners has followed that as well. And I think judging by the number of people who come up to me after those dinners and the speeches and say, uh, really great topic and fantastic thing that we should be working on. I, I hope I'm really igniting some thoughts amongst the whole insurance and financial services populations. Fantastic. I imagine that's been incredibly helpful to kind of get out there to different areas of the UK and, and kind of get some feedback onto how members and the wider profession feel things are going and how things are going in for them personally and their companies. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to meet everybody. And um, I mean, given the idea around the theme of trust for my presidential year was to encourage people to look underneath what builds trust, which is you know, integrity, benevolence, competence and predictability, and just question themselves as to whether they are displaying all of those behaviours consistently and building trust with consumers. And on an individual basis, try to make some small change every single day. The only way you can really inspire people to think about those things is to speak to people face to face and do speeches at dinners and write about it in the CI journals. So all of those things we're doing. Absolutely. Phil, if we could bring you in, you're now part of the, the newly launched Society of Underwriting Professionals. Could you give us a little bit of background to kind of what you're hoping to achieve through the new society? And, and of course, tell us how important trust is for, for underwriters. Yeah, perfect. I, I think the underwriting profession, I think, is going through the biggest change that it's ever seen. I think we we live through stuff and we just assume that you know things tomorrow will be the same as they are today but actually for the underwriting profession in particular that we've got a huge wave of change coming across. I think of course underwriting itself represents so many different elements of of what we do. You know, we've got personal lines underwriters who who do a very different job than if you're working in the London market or if you're in even in mid-market commercial. Mm. Uh, and yet with the huge swathes of data we've got now at our fingertips, the automation that's coming through the distribution chain and changes in distribution itself, I think underwriting and the role of underwriters is, is hugely changing. And I think it's right for there to be a part of the CII, the Society of Underwriting Professionals, who are looking out for folks and saying, look, have you thought about how we're building skills? How are we by building the right materials within the industry? And ultimately, with that changing role, what knock-on impact does that have for the products we create 
and how does it create trust with the public? So all of those elements are really important. And I think it's a great platform to be able to talk about it with both the public at large and, and more specifically with the uh, people working in the industry. Excellent. And as you say, the ultimate goal is that, that customers you know, trust their insurer. They know they're getting the right product. They know that it's the right one for them and, and at the right price. That kind of starts at the top and you can give that kind of guidance to, to firms and ultimately consumers you know that this is this is an industry you can trust in and believe in yeah but but i think it comes not just at what are the products we're creating but how do the skills that we are we're using to make those decisions how are they evolving and are we as an industry equipped to do that to enable us to create products because i think Otherwise, we can just fall into stuff and the outputs of that don't breed trust uh, with the public. Yes, of course. And Nick, um, a big part of your theme has also been kind of building that individual trust with customers and, and actions of, of professionals that they do every day in their kind of working environment. How important are those kind of those small things that customers see from the profession to, to build that trust and that relationship with their insurance? Well, I think certainly a lot of insurance is transacted online today. Also, a lot of it isn't. And uh, I think where people make the machines and people deliver the individual interactions with, with customers as well. So I think you've got two, two challenges to make sure that in, if you're systemically building a machine that delivers a product, that product needs to be fit for purpose. It needs to have real thought around the customers that are going to use it. And you've really got to make sure that you do enough testing to make sure that the outcomes that you're expecting from what you've built and the processes that you've built really do meet the customer's needs and outcomes. That's kind of a a core requirement there. And you'd expect people to be engaged in building those systems and products and processes to to have that that view in mind. Where I've been more focused, though, definitely has been on the... um, the, the human interactions, yes, uh, yeah. you know, whether that be in the claims line or in the uh, in the broking community where you're interacting with customers on a daily basis, or you know any part of our our profession where people are interacting one on one, just be able to think about how you can improve uh, your empathy, your understanding, put yourself in the, in the shoes of the customer, and make sure that you're building that benevolence kindness uh, making sure that you've got that predictability so they will know what they're going to get from you and you do what you say you know making sure the integrity is there so you're not trying to uh, shortchange anybody or do anybody a disservice or you haven't got the customer right at the heart of what you're doing so benevolence predictability integrity and the last one of course competence which is making sure that you know enough to do what your customer needs at that point uh, in time, whatever it's buying something or helping them settle the claim that you are a master of your trade. Uh, and that requires continuous professional development. And it fits with a theme that we're getting from the regulator these days around you know, senior managers regimes and accountability right the way through the organizations that interact with the consumer. If we can, as an entire profession, improve our interactions, then gradually and purposefully, I believe we will become a more trusted profession. Excellent. A big part of what the CI has been doing over the last couple of years, they've actually published the Public Trust Trust Index, which you know delves a lot deeper into um, how trusted the profession is and what elements of it perhaps the society do trust or they don't or they do have a problem with or, or not. How well do you think that's gone so far, the, the Public Trust Index, and what would you like to see kind of more, more of a reaction from that, perhaps? Well, I've, I mean, I think I can tell you how I've used it. I mean, uh, it, yeah. it was... Um, it's quite a quite an interesting document because it shows the perception of the public and it even raises some of the brands that we have in the UK today and, and plots them against where 
the members of the public think how trusted those particular brands are, which I think is quite a controversial thing to do. So I enjoyed reading that. And um, it also has a, a slightly different spin on how consumers trust organizations. And, and so I, I took these documents around to our marketing department and said, have you seen them? And have you, have you read them? And, you know, is there some value that we can, we can grab out of those? And uh, they hadn't seen them, actually. So, you know, I think really I would encourage everybody to try and get hold of these documents because A, they're a good read and B, they tell you how far we as an industry and profession have to go to really capture the hearts and minds of the public. And some of it's fair and, you know, some of it, a lot of it is unfair. There's a huge amount going on across our profession already. Um, you know, I, I speak to many um, insurers and brokers and they are already focused on trying to resolve and build trust because we all know it, it's such an important thing, uh, an important ingredient in making the insurance industry work. So I think more information like the public trust index is helpful to really see how far we've got to go. Fantastic. And Phil, have you kind of had any involvement with the public trust index? Is it something you've looked at or, or would look to use in the future for, for the work you do? Look, I think, um, I think there's some really good outputs from that piece of work. Um, certainly as a consumer and, uh, and a professional in the industry, I think is very useful. It's a bit of an echo or a, a reflection of, of what we've been saying as, an in, as a profession uh, uh, for a long time. So, of course, you're going to see within there the, um, the issues that um, the, the, you know, the industry is talking about, dual pricing and things that consumers, I think, when prompted, want to talk about. So, you know, it fundamentally, insurance is a, a low consideration product for, for most consumers. Um, and, um, and that when you start talking to people about how they feel about that product, often what you'll get back is a view on the sales process, or the claims process and price. And I think underwriters need to understand how, how we're performing against each of, each one of those elements. And that's really useful when considering how we're, we're creating products. And you mentioned earlier that you know, the underwriting profession is un undergone a huge change, maybe yeah. the biggest change ever. Um, it, how important is it to keep you know, consumers at the heart of, of yeah. the changes that are happening? That, that so on, on one hand, we've got more information about consumers than we've ever had. You know, and yet, on the other hand, potentially underwriters are further away from the customer than they've ever been. So, uh, I guess with more and more of the distribution coming online, that means that potentially you've got the machine, the broker, and then the the underwriter, uh, who may be looking at amalgamated statistics. So, I think the skill of being close to the customer, uh, on one hand, you've, you've you've got distribution analytics and, and and information that you couldn't have dreamt of. And yet, there's a little bit less personal in some of the work that a lot of underwriters are doing today. Part of the trust that we want to build, part of the, the benefit is that personal relationship that Nick just talked about when, when he's been talking to brokers. And how do we not lose that? How do we not lose how we do a, a great job for customers? Excellent. And, and is there any kind of specific work you'll be doing as, as part of the um, Society of Underwriting Professionals initially? Because, because I understand it's, you know, it's just beginning. Um, yeah, what, what so, so we've just, so, so a lot of our focus at the moment is on the best practice and is on the creating great material for people to continue with professional, professional development. But this theme around how roles are changing and the skills will be something that we're going to be talking about for the next few years. Excellent. And Nick, obviously, that's, would that be something you agree with that, you know, it, it will kind of these good, good practice guides and pushing these, these skills and these standards all play into the, the kind of overarching theme of building trust? Absolutely right. And I think, I mean, I'll carry on 
uh, for the rest of my presidential year, attending the dinners that I've got lined up and uh, trying to raise awareness of uh, how important building that trust consciously is with the public and also highlighting the occasional area where we do ourselves a disservice. And hopefully at the end of my presidency when julie page takes over uh, we can continue with the theme of trust although it might morph into a different flavor of how we build trust with our uh, when she chooses her presidential theme but um, certainly standards professionalism and trust sit very neatly under the cii brand and so trust and the, the challenge that we have to all professionals up and down the country to build that with consumers isn't going away nick how, um, as you've been travelling up and down, how satisfied are you with with the trust that you see? Because, you know, my impression is that um, actually the consumer trust is is very high within the profession. How do you mean? You mean in, the, in terms of consumers? So trust? you've been talking, you've been talking to um, to the brokers and to people within the industry. But have you have you been surprised that it's a bigger problem or a smaller problem than you perhaps first thought? I think the issue we've got is I, I think most transactions in insurance go very well. Yeah, I think that's the the uh, the, the thing that um, is very clear to me. You know, most organisations are doing the right thing, but there are occasions where we do things badly and they get huge PR. And uh, you know, it really what that tells you is that we have to be relentless in making sure that nothing goes wrong and that has to be our objective that people get exactly what they expect from their insurance no more no less uh, which is one of the principles of insurance isn't of course, it? The yeah. indemnity and all that stuff but when it doesn't happen and uh, people end up with a policy that doesn't cover one of the perils that they were expecting it to for whatever reason or we had a hollowed out policy because price was everything and the covers have been cut right back and then when that moment of truth comes you know we've let price sway ourselves and that, that's some of the practices that we need to really think hard about as a industry and profession to make sure that actually we are prepared to walk away from a customer if what we're doing isn't good for them yeah so that when something does go wrong and they haven't got the cover that they expected or wanted it doesn't end up all over the news and causing all the great work that we're doing up and down the profession to uh, be tarnished yeah that's exactly my perception as well which is I, I don't see lots of people working in the industry who fundamentally aren't after a great customer outcome yeah everybody is trying so hard to create this this environment and yet we end up with unfortunate circumstances which probably aren't seen at the beginning of you know nobody intends to get into that that pickle but because you know because insurance you don't you don't know until the moment of truth whether it's whether it's going to fulfill what you thought it was going to fulfill and actually because consumers often don't think about you know all of the the things that they might want to claim for um, it's very difficult to get a perfectly performing product and then when you talk about trust with the public they then say you know it's it's not it's not working and i think how we as a profession can deal with that by not just saying consumers need to think about it more how can we help consumers that you know inform customers better um that's going to be the a huge focus i think i think the way i would think about it is um you know how many plane crashes out of the million that happen uh, need to happen before you take the bus (laughs) and uh i think we're probably in the same territory that you don't need too many plane crashes before everyone's on the bus or the railways uh, because it just feels unsafe. And I think we've got to think in those kind of terms that we don't have that much room for manoeuvre in delivering for the consumer. Uh, getting getting from uh, London to Edinburgh 90% of the time still leaves me on the train. 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for, for joining us today on CRI Radio. Uh, Nick, we wish you all the best for the rest of your presidency and uh, also the launch of the new Society of Underwriting Professionals, Phil. Perfect. Um, thank you very much. Best of luck with that as well. Um, and we certainly direct our, our listeners and our members to cii.co.uk where they can find out more about the new Underwriting Society and indeed uh, Nick's presidential themes and the CII more widely. So um, thanks again for joining us. Um, if you'd like to find out more, you can visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Uh, so until next time, thanks very much for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye.